Hi, I'm Perry, and this is the Beauty Brains. To the Beauty Brains, a show where real scientists answer your beauty questions and give you a different spin on the beauty product industry. This is episode 190. I'm your host, Perry Rovanowski. It's a solo show today because Valerie is off traveling and learning how to be a barista, I think. Who would have known that being a cosmetic chemist involves so much traveling? Actually, I'm traveling today too. I'm heading to New Zealand, and when this show gets posted, I'll probably be on a plane flying over the Pacific Ocean. I'm speaking at a conference in Queenstown, New Zealand. So it'll be a short show today, but I wanted to, you know, at least put out a show and uh, check in with you and, and answer at least a couple of questions. And I had a, a topic I wanted to cover, uh, specifically the topic of the microbiome. So let's get into another of Perry's rants. Microbiome a term beauty marketers like to use because it sounds much better when what they're really talking about is that fact that your body is covered with microscopic critters that feast on your skin waste. Yes, you are literally littered with tiny worm-like creatures that crawl around and eat up the bits of dead skin that you shed every day. You can't see them, but they're still there. Now, the microbiome is really becoming popular. According to uh, Google Trends, interest in the microbiome has steadily grown since 2013, and beauty product makers have taken on to launching products specifically targeting the microbiome with names like probiotics, prebiotics, and postbiotics. One company is even claiming to sell live bacteria that supposedly cleans your skin while repopulating your bacteria. But seriously, are these products really beneficial to your skin? Before we talk about products, let's first look at exactly what is the microbiome. Microbiome refers to all the microorganisms that populate your body, both inside and out. It includes such things as bacteria, yeast, mold, mites, and even parasites. In fact, it's been estimated that there are 10 times more microbial living cells on your body than human cells. If aliens came down to Earth and took a look at you, they might mistake you for a walking microbial Motel 6. There have long been products targeting your gut microbiome, which has been studied for a couple of decades. And whether those products show any health benefits is debatable. In fact, a recent study in the journal Cell showed that the gut microbiome is complex and resists change, and that we currently have no way to assess the microbiome effects of things like probiotics. A BBC report on this study put it more bluntly, saying that Food packed with probiotics are almost useless. Like your gut, your skin also has organisms living on it. It's got a whole tapestry of microorganisms. In fact, even if you use antimicrobial soap, the microbes that live on your skin will quickly repopulate. The types of microorganisms vary widely depending on the different parts of your skin that they're on, depending on what time of year it is, and they vary between people. The organisms that make up your microbiome are different than the ones that make up my microbiome or the microbiome of your friends and family. Which is why you really shouldn't be sharing your makeup with your friends or family. Every time you use a cosmetic applicator on your skin and you dip it back into the product, you're putting your own microbes into that product. 
Now, if it has a good preservative system, that's less problematic, but most don't. And when your friend uses your product, they're essentially putting all of your bacteria all over themselves. And their body might not properly adapt to your microorganisms. It's not much different than if your friend picked your nose and then smeared it under their eyelids. Don't do that. All this is to say that the microbiome is a complicated topic. The science is immature. We are just learning about it, and at the moment, we don't really know what are the good microbes, and what are the bad microbes, or how much you should have on one part of your skin, or how much you should have on other places. There have been some correlation studies, of course, for microbe populations on different skin conditions, but the reality is that science just cannot tell you what is the ideal population of microbes for your particular skin. We just don't know. We certainly don't know enough to be recommending interventions to improve, fix, or support your microbiome. Of course, that hasn't stopped the marketers from telling you that they can do that. They can't do that. Products that are marketed to you as good for your microbiome or good for the good microbes, they can't prove that they are because no one knows what is good for your microbiome. Imagine your microbiome is a zoo. Can you say exactly what mix of animals makes the perfect zoo? How many giraffes do you need? How many hippos or elephants or frogs or penguins? Also, where should they be placed? Who knows? Products marketing to you as beneficial for your microbiome are just telling you a story, and they're not actually telling you an accurate story. Now, don't get me wrong. The microbiome is not pseudoscience. There really is some interesting science going on here. I actually really love the stuff. I, I love parasites and microbes. It's also reasonable to think that there could eventually be products that can improve your skin by working with your particular microbiome. But developing products and treatments is not going to be easy. Plus, it will likely have to be something that's customized specifically to your skin microbiome. No one solution is going to work for everyone because we all have different skin microbiomes. So let's look at the different approaches beauty product marketers have taken to launch microbiome products. These includes probiotics, which are supposed to have either live good bacteria or chopped up versions of bacteria, and then that gets put on your skin. Now first, we don't really know what all the good bacteria is or all the bad bacteria. Certainly, we know that some bacteria live on our skin and aren't associated with any problems, and that there are some bacteria that definitely cause diseases, but there are a whole bunch of bacteria that typically live harmlessly on our skin and then inexplicably grow out of control and cause rashes and skin inflammation and other problems. The Demodex mites, for example, are perfectly harmless most of the time, but sometimes they just gang up, grow out of control, and then are associated with skin problems like rosacea or acne. We don't know nearly enough about the microbiome to start dumping live bacteria on our skin. Now, it's also debatable whether that's even legal to do, according to the FDA. Another strategy for addressing the microbiome is to add probiotics, which are supposed to be food sources that help feed the good microbes already on your skin. Again, scientists can't tell you which microbes should be growing on your skin, 
and they also certainly can't tell you what diet is particularly good for them, but also not good for the bad bacteria. This bacteria loves tofu, this one can't stand it, you know, we, we just don't know this stuff. Now the other strategy for aiding the microbiome is using postbiotics, which are supposed to improve things uh, that help the environment and then encourage the growth of good microbes. For example, we might optimize the pH of your skin surface. And like the other strategies, again, we just don't know what these optimal environments should be for everyone's skin microbiome. Should we make sure that the little lactobacillus is happy? Or will it grow out of control and cause a disease as has happened to many people with compromised immune systems? We just don't know. Fortunately, there haven't been any reported injuries from people using these microbiome products. Although, who would really know if products were causing a problem and who would report that? The reality is that most of the formulas that claim to have special microbiome targeting technology also contain ingredients that have proven skin benefits like occlusive agents, humectants, and emollients. For most products, the microbiome is just a marketing story designed to get you excited about an otherwise boring skincare lotion or facial cleanser. Will the microbiome products be the future of beauty products? I don't know, maybe. There really isn't much research going on in many other areas of cosmetic ingredient development, so it's possible. <laughs> but what I do know is that the microbiome products on the market today are well ahead of what any science can support. And until there is more independent research, I'd suggest you stick with standard beauty products and avoid the microbiome malarkey. Now let's move on to some of your beauty questions. Since Valerie's not here, I'm just gonna take a couple of quick ones. Paige asks, can peppermint essential oil cause hair regrowth? If so, how do you use it? There are lots of people looking for topical treatments that are gonna regrow hair. If you could create a product that regrows hair, you wouldn't even have to market the thing. It would just sell like hotcakes, really. That's why you know that there isn't anything that really grows or regrows hair to any great extent because uh, if, if it did, everybody would be buying it. Well, the only thing that's been proven to scientifically regrow hair as a topical treatment is minoxidil, and we've talked about that in previous show. Minoxidil, it works for about a third of the people that use it, uh, and whether it works well enough to uh, replace the hair of people who want their hair replaced, for most people, you're going to be disappointed. But it's better than nothing for some people. However, people are always looking for things. And one of the things that people looked at is peppermint essential oil. And there was a research article published in the Journal of Toxicolo Toxicological Research Back in 2014, um, the title of the article was Peppermint Oil Promotes Hair Growth Without Toxic Signs. Well, this is very interesting. But if you look at it, the, the research was done. Uh, well, let's just get to what the research said. So in this study, they looked at how peppermint oil compares to jojoba oil and compares to minoxidil. And they went through and they put 
topical treatment of peppermint oil, of jojoba oil, and minoxidil, and they looked at whether it regrew hair. And it turns out that the peppermint oil at 3% performed almost as well as the minoxidil at 3%. And so you're saying to yourself, well, there you go, peppermint oil regrows hair. And that's really what the title of the article was. But if you dig a little deeper into this study, there is one glaring problem with the study. The study was done in mice. And while mice can provide a good model for some of the things that happen in humans, it doesn't uh, create a great model for everything. And one of the things it's not a really good model for is human hair growth. And as you can imagine, when they did this study, or as I can imagine, if they did this same study on people, they would get vastly different results. And the fact that it hasn't been done on people, at least not that I could see, it hasn't been published, this means that it's unlikely that peppermint oil is actually working to regrow hair in people. It works in mice, not necessarily in people. However, if you wanted to try it, it looks like uh, 3% peppermint oil is what they tried out, and it performed, uh, in their study, it actually showed more hair growth than minoxidil. I don't think this will work in people, but that is uh, what the science shows, and that's just one study. I didn't find any further studies on this is back uh, five years ago. Eh, I remain skeptical, but uh, if you, well, if, if you want to try something out, peppermint oil, you, you, can, you can do it, and there are no toxic signs, at least according to this research. All right, thanks for that question. This one comes to us from Lindell. Hi, Perry and Valerie. Uh, another Australian fan. Love the show. I have a question about La Mer. La Mer is over $2,000 Australian dollars per tub, but I'm dying to buy it. <laughs> the secret is apparently their miracle broth, as well as some sort of vibrational woo-woo. Is there anything in this product that would even come close to justifying the exorbitant price tag? I think we've discussed La Mer in the past, uh, many years ago, though, maybe way long ago. So it's worth revisiting here. I took a look at the ingredient list of La Mer, and if you look at the first five ingredients, they have uh, a seaweed extract, which is really just a different way to say it's water. Then the next ingredient are pretty common skincare ingredients. They have mineral oil, they have petrolatum, and they have glycerin. This is the three workhorse ingredients that you'll find in nearly any skin moisturizer. There's also isohexadecane, microcrystalline wax, and lanolin alcohol. All of these are all of these are good ingredients. They're effective ingredients for being humectants, for being emollients, and for being uh, uh, occlusive agents. However, there's nothing special about these, this formula or these ingredients that would justify the price, in my view. If you want to try it out, I'm sure it's going to work uh, as great as a skin moisturizer, but you can get moisturizers that work just as good uh, for a lot less money. Now, La Mer is something that's put out by L'Oreal, so my suggestion would be, if you wanted to check out a L'Oreal product, uh, look for another L'Oreal brand that also has mineral oil, petrolatum, and glycerin, and you're likely to get effects that are at least 
as good. I mean, a lot of the fact that there's the brand image, there's the packaging, and there's the price that they charge, their fragrance, of course, is going to be unique. Uh, but in looking at this formula, there, there is nothing terribly special about this formula that a consumer is going to notice uh, beyond fragrance and, and feel. But as far as performance goes, the first, usually the first four or five ingredients in a formula is really what's providing the benefit. And in this case, you're talking about mineral oil, petrolatum, glycerin, and lanolin alcohol, pretty much standard ingredients. So for my money, this would not be worth spending that much money on. But sometimes what people will do is they'll go out and they'll buy one, one container of it. They'll use it up, and then you can just refill the container after washing it out, of course, with some other brand. And, you know, it makes you feel good because the packaging works. There's a halo effect. But as far as the product working on a blinded basis, there's no reason this product should cost that much. <laughs> That'll be the end of this show. Thanks for listening. Next week, we're going to have a full show. Valerie will be back, and now uh, we'll be together, although I'll still be on the other side of the planet, at least from my perspective. If you get a chance, can you go over to iTunes and leave us a review? That will help other people find the show and ensure we have a full docket of beauty questions to answer. Speaking of questions, if you want to post a question you can we have a link in the show notes where you can click on the link and post a question on our form or you can record a question on your smartphone and then send it off to thebeautybrains at gmail.com and you can get your voice and question answered on a future show don't forget to follow us on our various social media accounts. On Instagram, we're at TheBeautyBrains2018. On Twitter, we're at TheBeautyBrains. And we have a Facebook page. The Beauty Brains are also on Patreon. If you want to support the show, Patreon is the best way to do that. This will help keep the show going and avoid any of those pesky advertisements that I find so maddening in some of the other great podcasts that I love to listen to. You know, I just fast forward through those so if you want to keep us ad-free, go to patreon.com slash thebeautybrains and subscribe. There's a link in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. I'm Perry Romanowski, one half of the Beauty Brains. And remember, be brainy about your beauty. Kittens!